We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty Edge Charge podcast, coming to you live the Sunday before the 2022 NFL Draft. My name is Steven. I am your host for our final mock draft episode. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. And joining me, as always, are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Tyler, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. A theorcator, if I'm saying your name right, I apologize, but um, or wrong, I apologize. He says he's excited about the show today. I am too. This sounds fun. I can't wait to, you know, change things up, have 30 different prospects selected, talk about different things. It's going to be fun. We're almost there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, this, uh, I have to give credit to uh, the stock exchange guys. You know, I, I got this idea from them. So uh, going to be a fun one. We'll explain everything that's going down in a second here. So Alex is here as well. Alex, how you doing, man? Doing good. Excited to draft wide receivers. <laughs> Alex is going to draft three receivers tonight. It's going to be fantastic. So, um, yeah, so this is our, our our last mock draft episode, and we'll kind of run through it, uh, you know, as we go, as people are continuing to uh, tune in here. So people who come in late kind of know what's going on. So basically, uh, the three of us each have a mock draft simulator open and ready to go on the NFL mock draft database website. Wow, Mama Shun with the super chat from that's Hawaii. so rich. Sending me a hundred dollar <laughs> super chat while she's in Hawaii. Jeez, mom, <laughs> that's uh, pretty rich of you. <laughs> that's nice. I wish I were in Hawaii right now. Um, but yeah, so the three of us are using uh, the NFL mock draft database. You know, we've done the draft network, we've done pro football focus. So 
obviously the idea here in general is to get kind of different players in different mock drafts and see how we feel about them. So um, we have a Google sheet that we will be sharing it as each of us make our selections. And basically the only rule here uh, is that none of us can pick a player who someone else has already picked. So for example, if Tyler were to pick Chris Olave, that means that Alex would not be able to pick Chris Olave when it came to be his turn. So um, going to be a fun one. You know, this is going to be essentially 30 different players that we that we each select. And it's going to be a lot of fun uh, as we go through it. And as always, we are going to snake uh, the draft order. So Tyler is going to go first and then me and then Alex. And then Alex will get to make the first selection of pick 79 and then me and then Tyler and so on and so forth. So uh, going to be a lot of fun, going to be a lot of debates. That being said, uh, let's get right into it. Tyler, if you could please uh, share the sheet, and uh, you can. Uh, all three of us will start our selections at the, or our mock draft simulations at the same time. So let's uh, get those started, and then Tyler, take us through uh, your simulation as you go through. Okay, yeah, definitely a lot of honor system here, but happy I get to go first. Whatever happens, I, I almost hope I want to take a wide receiver at seventeen just so Alex basically can't, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see who shows up. Okay. So yeah, honor system here. You can't see my mock. Jamison Williams is gone. Chris Olava is gone. Garrett Wilson is gone. And, um, Drake London is gone. So all the receivers, <laughs> all the receivers are gone. So I'm not taking a receiver. <laughs> I really did think about playing it like almost too smart here where it's like, you know what? I'm going to go with Dax Hill. And I, I even think Steven might do that. Um, because, I mean, he's a good pick, good player first off, and I think that he will do exactly what they want to do with Derwin James, which is unlock him, and you can play him anywhere, all that sort of good stuff. I really wanted to go that direction, but to me, there's no better right tackle in this draft than Trevor, but no, there's no better right tackle in this draft <laughs> than Matt Filer. So I'm kicking Matt Filer out to right tackle, and I am doing the obvious, very easy choice to me. That is Zion Johnson at 17. Uh, I'm I, I'm not watching Steven right now, but I'm fairly confident uh, he's not happy with me taking Zion Johnson from him. But I'm happy I got to go first. I did go corner last time when I went first, and I would have gone Andrew Booth. But to me, uh, we've sorted that out with the J.C. Jackson. To me, Zion Johnson, left guard. You now have Brendan Hymas, but that solves your death later on. I don't have to find a guy in round four, round five to play guard or backup swing guard, I guess. So to me, I'm going with Zion Johnson. Matt Filer's your right tackle. If you have to pay Matt Filer more money, go for it. But to me, this was somewhat easy. I get arguably the best player on the board, the board, certainly the most valuable, clean prospect, clean player. I'm going with Johnson. Play left guard. Man, I hate you, but uh, I figured that was happening, so it's all good. Um, yeah, I think that's obviously a, a scenario that we've talked a lot about today or, or throughout this draft draft process, excuse me. Um, it's a decision that I would be very in favor of because you get just simply the best five players out there. Mm -hmm. And again, you get a player who can uh, hit the ground running. So uh, in my simulation... We'll run through this really go back here. So Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, also off the board in my selection or my simulation. Excuse me. I keep on saying selection tonight. All right. Simulation, simulation. Uh, Chris Olave went to the Saints, Jamison Williams to the Eagles, Jordan Davis to the Ravens, Trent McDuffie to the Texans, Cal mm -hmm. Hamilton to the Vikings, Garrett Wilson to the Washington Commanders, and Jermaine Johnson uh, to the Jets. That was kind of my top 10 
okay. uh, if you will. No real surprises in, in the top five, um, but that's kind of my situation. So uh, according to the mock draft database, Drake London is available for me. Uh, I feel like, you know, again, like we've said, that'd be a great pick if Mike Williams had, you know, decided to go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, Devin Lloyd is on the board. George Karloftis, Trevor Penning, Andrew Booth, Traylon Burks is kind of their top players available. So, mm. um, again, since, you know, the, the Devin Lloyd thing is interesting. I keep on getting asked about this. You know, I posted our, our linebacker uh, rankings earlier today. I still don't think that Devin Lloyd would be a selection that Brandon Staley would make, you know, investing that mm -hmm. premium of a pick in a linebacker. So I'm going to go with a player that Tyler mentioned earlier, and that is Daxton Hill, the defensive back from the University of Michigan. Um, somebody that I think could really be kind of that Swiss army knife that the Chargers really need in the back end. He can play in the slot, can play deep, can play uh, in the box and really allow Derwin James and Nasir Adderley to uh, kind of really reach their potential. And again, just hit the ground running is really my focus here uh, yeah. for the Chargers. So I'm going to take Daxon Hill with the 17th overall pick in my simulation. Yeah, I like Daxon Hill a lot. I think you truly can find a guard later to play left guard and be a pretty solid starting, or just have Brendan Hymas be left guard. That's not really a scenario we're talking about. And you should, you probably should go with someone like Daxon Hill at 17. Um, obviously we both like Zion Johnson more, so uh, he is like higher rated and this is sort of a position of need. Um, but Dax is awesome. I, I think that's a really good pick. I wouldn't even be surprised if that were the pick. All right, yeah. Alex, uh, go ahead. All right. Um, so Jamison Williams was off on my board, um, but Chris Olave was still available on my board, which, uh, yeah. was, was ultimately my selection at wide receiver. Uh, left also to me on the board were Drake London, Kenny Pickett, and uh, Trevor Penning. So I, I think it's safe to say that I go with Chris <laughs> Olave in that scenario. I embrace the stereotype, go with wide receiver at 17, uh, and figure out everything else later. I think Olave adds that speed component. The Chargers have been high on Olave and I met with him. Uh, so I, I decided to go with him here and kind of figure out some of the other defensive holes and some of the other offensive line holes uh, down the line in this draft. Yeah, I totally get it. Olave, that's my cutoff, I think. Even though I do like right. Sky more, I feel like Olave is my cutoff. Williams, obviously. London not on the board for them, really. So Olave is definitely the cutoff for wide receiver that I would consider at 17. So I get it. Uh, makes sense. Go ahead and I can type that in for you if you want. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can type that in, I guess. Oh, oops, too late. Uh, oh, well, well, never mind. <laughs> all right so yeah i think chris olave absolutely in play we've heard from uh, a few people obviously that they are a fan of chris olave of course it makes sense you know to add that kind of player really mm -hmm. fits the pedigree character i think he checks a lot of boxes for them uh and would absolutely help the offense so uh no surprise no trevor penning no jordan davis in our uh, <laughs> mock draft so far yeah uh, i feel like that's pretty on par for uh our podcast so Alex, as I said, is uh, back on the clock here because we are snake drafting. So Alex will pick and then me and then Tyler. So Alex, uh, back on the clock at pick number 79 in the third round. Okay. Um, before I get to pick 79, I have to figure out how to speed this up because I think I said it on realistic <laughs> and it's on pick 36. Um, 
you know, just keep okay. talking, man. Like, uh, yeah. You know. so, yeah, let me let me filibuster while <laughs> I uh, let this allow to get to my allow this to get to pick 79. Um, but there are uh, a couple options that I think are interesting here because I went wide receiver in mm-hmm. round one. Uh, I think that either cornerback, you could either go uh, offensive tackle here, too. That's kind of been like the popular thing. If you do go wide receiver, or, or just BPA in general uh, in round one. But uh, I do like the idea. Uh, and, oh, now it's at pick 79, so I don't have to fill the buster anymore. There we go. Uh, <laughs> there we go. It gets faster yeah, my, as the rounds go. I know. It's, mine's it's, mine's uh, on fast, but the second round was pretty slow, and then the third yeah. round really sped up. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So available to me is a prospect that I like. We've talked about the Cincinnati guys as a whole. No, I will not be going with Jerome Ford. I, I will be going with cornerback uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, I do think that here he fits the value that the Chargers need. Fits the kind of cornerback that they want to kind of like grow and develop in their system as well uh, and addresses that need. You know, if you don't go Andrew Booth in the first round, if you don't go uh, with someone that can kind of embrace that position, we know that Staley will be aggressive with very uh, with cornerback in this draft quite a bit. Uh, so I think going with uh, Kobe Bryant here uh, would be my selection. Yeah, nice. I I mean, I think round three, everyone's talking about round three is like, a, oh, you should get a guard there sort of spot. And you definitely can. But I think a, a corner is a really good spot there. There's some corners or some safeties that are right there at 79. That's a, or at least in the simulations that are a pretty good, good, good gets. So not bad. I'm not yeah, a huge Kobe Bryant fan, but. That's right. I forgot you're not. I, I think he's, a, again, another hit the ground running kind of cornerback prospect, you know, be an immediate c- contributor. Um, yeah, we'll see it. You know, I, I can kind of see your concerns there, at least in terms of his athletic profile. But I'm a fan personally. It's also just he's played 3,300 snaps in five seasons. And we basically know what he is, I think, at this point. Whereas yeah. other guys like yeah. can mine more out of. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm back on the clock here. Uh, not a ton of good trench options to me a lot of the tackles and edge rushers went uh tyler your guy nick bonito went 45 to the ravens in my simulation oh, here no don't do that. which would be just like you know absolutely perfect for them and and him yeah uh, you know Perrin winfrey is gone my j sanders went to the chiefs mm. um jamari salier who's a guy that i really like as a guard target went uh, earlier sean ryan who i don't like went earlier um nicholas petit frere went early abraham lucas 73 to the colts mm. uh and then the picks the, the four picks right before me were quay walker to the broncos marcus jones to the ravens kobe bryant to the vikings and trey mcbride to the browns so um this is kind of a, a pick since i took you know obviously the the defensive back this is a pick that i'm looking to invest in the trenches Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, at least on my board, is kind of a, a linebacker sweet spot. Chad Muma, Leo Chanel still on the board, which is pretty oh, wow. freaking tempting to me. Um, <laughs> Channing Tindall also on the board. Um, mm. Alec Pierce, Calvin Austin, receivers on the board. There's Cole Strange. I feel like he's more of a center prospect. Uh, so I'm kind of scrolling a little bit further than I would like. It's a tough BPA versus need situation here, it sounds like. Yeah, at least yeah. on my board, that's how it is. I mean, they, yeah. they're lower on Damian Pierce and Rashad White in this instance. Both of those players are available to me if I wanted to take a running back. Um, 
Okay. All right. I know who I'm going to select here. So uh, this is a player that didn't really stand out to me on first rewatch. His name is D'Angelo Malone, the edge rusher from okay. Western Kentucky. Nice. Uh, he's kind of the discount version of Nick Bonito, if you will. A, okay. Just a, a really twitchy, bendy, uh, speed rushing kind of prospect. So he has 34-inch arms. So he kind of does check a lot of the boxes that the Chargers are looking for, at least as far as I can tell in terms of edge rushers was a standout at the Senior Bowl where he really kind of uh, impressed me with his uh, power, specifically his speed to power rush. The ability against the run uh, it is a little bit of a work in progress, shall we say. But I think in this instance with the Chargers, you're not asking him to come in and be a run defender right away. I think you have that. Uh, frankly, I think Chris Rumpf is, is a, a, good, a solid run defender option, and you can allow him to be a situational pass rusher. Leo Chanel, mighty tempting, but I think, again, we've just kind of seen that the Chargers are not really interested in investing uh, Mm -hmm. these kind of top-tier picks in linebackers. So uh, D'Angelo Malone, edge rusher from Western Kentucky, is my selection here. Nice. Two uh, defensive picks for me. Hey, you know, that's awesome. Alex, let me type in... Brian for yeah. you. I don't know why it's not loading in the sheet, but I did type it in. I don't know. What's oh, really? Oh, okay. I'll, I'll just do yeah. it from, for you from now on. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. D'Angelo Malone, I have not watched much of, but that's it. They, they do need an edge rusher. I'm looking to take one for sure. Obviously, I can't take Malone, which means I'm also not taking Sam Williams at edge, who is available because of off the field stuff. Yeah. Um, I've taken a guard, so that's I'm, I'm happy there. No Abraham Lucas available for me, but that doesn't matter because I have Matt Filer. Um, obviously, well, Kobe Bryant's not even on my board to be taken, so I can't do that. So I could go safety. Leo Chanel is on my board. I just, like, that's the pick for me, but it's not. Like, I, he's not going to be available. <laughs> that would be who I would pick, too. But, I, again, right. I just can't see Brandon Staley doing that uh, Yeah, you know, with where their needs right. are at at the premium positions. Yeah, and even I was just listening to Drew Tranquil talk to Derwin James on the podcast. Like, yeah, I can't wait to play in front of, you know, we're all going to play with Khalil Mack. And, you know, technically that doesn't mean starting, but it just kind of sounds like, you know, Tranquil and Murray are your starters this year. Find some other guys later on. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm not going tight end. I'm not going running back as much as I'd like to. So, to me, this comes down to, I mean, not edge at this point because Malone is gone. I can't do Williams. It, It does come down to wide receiver or corner for me. I do think that I, especially because I have the next pick, can find receivers later on in the draft. Not saying they're all going to be better than, like, I love Khalil Shakir. I love Calvin Austin. Don't get me wrong. Shakir is kind of perfect for them, as is Austin. But I think Shakir maybe feels safer because of all the roles and all different things he can do. So I do would like to go Shakir usually, but I think I can find receiver later on. Whereas corner, I'm a little bit more worried about. Uh, so to me, if I'm betting on who they'd take in the third round of these two, it'd be Alante Taylor. They met with him. They have three connections to Tennessee, but I'm not going with him. I do still prefer Martin Emerson on this board. I think he's Bleacher Report's like sixth corner overall ahead of plenty of other guys. Um, I like Martin Emerson a lot. Top 10 corner for me. Can play zone, can play man. 6'2", good tackler, aggressive tackler, maybe even to a fault. Um, I like the 2020 tape more than the 2021 tape. There's a lot there. He's young-ish. So I'm going to go with him. I feel like he can hit the ground running faster than Alante Taylor. So I'm going with Martin Emerson out of Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Martin Emerson. I think 
Um, you know, he, uh, there's a bit, you know, a work in progress situation with him, and at least in terms of man coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But very adept in zone coverage. I think he's got a lot of the instincts that Brandon Staley likes. He's a fantastic tackler. Um, and, you know, he's long, physical. And I think that gives him, you know, a, a pretty seamless transition out of Michael Davis next year. So I'm, I'm a fan of Martin Emerson for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I feel better about that because some of the guys later on are just, oh, he's a slot guy or he's a Tracy corner sort of guy. Yeah. I think Emerson can play. He did play against top competitions. I feel good about that. Okay. Because I feel like I can find guys later on, I am going wide receiver here. Um, I'm potentially ripping out Steven's heart again. I just got to one Bo Melton today. And yes, his offense is complete shit. Uh, sunk your battleship, Steven. What's that? I said sunk your battleship, Steven. Yeah, I know. Um, to me, he checks enough boxes. Like I don't know if the Chargers really would invest something really early. They are looking for a speed at wide receiver. I think they're looking for missed tackles, force yards after the catch. Melton runs at four three four. He on our thirty five wide receivers ranked. He is in the upper third in missed tackles, force and yards after the catch per reception. So to me, that's a a really good get there. He's one hundred forty third on the consensus. They're a consensus big board, and we're picking one twenty three. So it feels early, but to me, he's a senior bowl guy, senior bowl standout. The production isn't great, but because the offense was really bad, um, I hated watching him run out and ups, and then just they throw a check down, even though he's wide open. So, uh, to me, Boat Melton fourth checks that speed category, checks the yards after catch, missed tackles, forced, you know, checks the senior bowl thing, checks what they need, but still good value. A little ahead of where he's projected on the consensus board, but I do think he's a good fit for the Chargers as they eventually move on from one Jalen Guyton. I don't know what Josh Palmer's role is going to be, but I think Melton's is separate enough where right, I feel yeah. like he doesn't interfere with someone like Josh Palmer and then can eventually replace a Jalen Guyton or start over him. Alex, you want to talk about Melton for a second? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that Melton's a really solid pick here. If the Chargers don't go wide receiver in the first two rounds, I think he's kind of a likely guy. Um, if the Chargers mm-hmm. do want to draft receiver there, although they did take Palmer last year. So I don't know how high receiver is in their priorities above, you know, what the need is, I guess, based on that position. But um, if they want to go with him, I think that he'd be like a perfect fit in terms of the offense that they like to run Has one of the most creative route trees kind of in the draft and has the speed to kind of back it up on routes too. So um, Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, he's one of the reasons that you can wait for receiver if you don't want to go with Jameson Williams or Chris Olave or someone in the third round per se. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear where I stand up on Melton in my top <laughs> 10. I really like him a lot. And I think he is really a fantastic option for the Chargers. And uh, I don't know if Craig is in here, but um, Craig and a bunch of other people have pointed out that, you know, Bo Melton was a, a high four-star recruit. You know, he could have gone to Ohio State. He could have gone to all these other places and really been – probably would have been a, a, high, a much higher draft pick if he had, but mm-hmm. uh, his parents went to Rutgers and he wanted to, you know, continue that family legacy. So um, again, really just checks a lot of boxes for the chargers. All right. So uh, I'm back on the clock here in the fourth round pick 123. Um, this apparently to, uh, apparently according to the mock draft database, this is kind of a sweet spot for running back uh, still Rashad white, don't you do that to me. Don't oh. you do that. <laughs> you know what? Oh. Well, if you take no, 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 no. I'm not going to take a running back. I'm not, I'm not taking a running back. Don't worry. 
because I do not have anybody to block for these running backs right now because <laughs> I have I've taken Daxon Hill and D'Angelo Malone. So I need to take an offensive lineman here. Um, you know, a, a few guys that I was interested in, in have kind of gone off the board. Um, Luke Gadecki is somebody that I think makes a lot of sense for them. He went off mm. the board. Uh, Luke Fortnor, who could play center guard off the board. Unfortunately, Marquise Hayes. Guess where he went, Tyler, in my simulation? He didn't go Chiefs. to the Chiefs, did he? No, he went to the he went to the Ravens, Ravens? too. Oh, of course. All your all your guys go to the Ravens every year. Every year. Uh, so Rashid Walker also went right before me to the Colts. So apparently the Colts taking all the offensive tackles in here. So, um, you know, Kellen Deesh is on the board, the offensive tackle from Arizona state. He's kind of been a, a common selection here for the chargers. I'm not the biggest fan of him after revisiting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's six, seven only has 32 inch arms, which really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to my brain. Um, <laughs> and really like he's very light for a, an offensive tackle despite being a fifth-year senior at Arizona State before transferring from Texas A&M. So there's some pad-level issues there and leverage issues that I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, so this is a player that I – the player I am going to take here is somebody that I'm really high on, at least in terms of you know coming in and really being a Zion Johnson light in the sense where he could play guard, mm-hmm. maybe play tackle in a pinch. He could be a center of the future. Uh, and that is Zach Tom from Wake Forest. So – I've drawn some Rashawn Slater comparisons as well in terms of being a technician, in terms of being uh, really just a seamless player. He's not as high end of an athlete as Rashawn Slater, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't love the starting options available to me at offensive line. So um, I think he probably is a guard right away. Again, has that center flexibility later on. Um, So I'll take him. I'll start him at one of the guard spots. I'm also kicking, uh, you know, Matt Filer <laughs> to right tackle yeah. in this situation. Um, maybe Zach Tom could start there if, you know, things go well. Uh, but, yeah, Zach Tom's going to be, be my pick for me here. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, no, I think that, that makes a lot of sense if you do want to go interior offensive lineman or offensive tackle with these picks. If you do go to defensive picks like Steven did, or if you go one offensive, one defensive pick that's not offensive line like I did, uh, I will also be going with an offensive lineman with hey. my uh, 123rd pick, and that will be Max Mitchell uh, from nice. Louisiana, who is on the board. Um, I feel like he kind of fits their scenario that they might go through anyway because he might not be expected to start immediately from day one if the team does sign someone like Riley Reif, someone in free agency who is available to them to kind of like be there for this year and then kind of hold mm-hmm. the forward down uh, and then maybe – later in the year or later next year that's kind of when you're starting max mitchell alongside the offensive line so he is a bit of a developmental prospect we've talked about him a lot before but i think the potential there um and you know just the jump he's making this year might be a little hard but um mm-hmm. I, I think he has the appropriate length and tools and skill set to be able to be an offensive tackle in the league for a very long time so that's why i'll go with max mitchell no, that's a really good pick. If he yeah, had been on the board for me, then that would have been my selection as well. So mm-hmm. um, I like Max Mitchell. I think he's really a perfect um, projection, at least in terms of you know a day three potential right tackle for the Chargers. Fits what they want to a T. You know, he did a lot of outside zone, inside zone duo uh, run action for the chart or for the for Louisiana in college. 
He's played guard. He's played tackle. He shined at the senior bowl where he took a lot of reps at right tackle as there as well. So yeah, chargers were active at his pro day. Apparently they've met with him at least there and at the senior bowl. So um, I think he certainly checks a lot of boxes there. Yeah. Good call. Duke Manuela loves him. Really? Okay. Yeah. He, he picked him as one oh. of his six starters or players. Oh, like interesting. Offensive line. So, um, you know, doesn't consider him like a first round, second round pick by any means, but certainly a guy that can develop really, really well. They really like Max Mitchell. Yeah. No, I wow, think there's Brett a lot Coleman of apparently has Zach Tom in uh, the second tier of tackles. Okay. I think oh, he nice. could certainly play tackle. I, I think, you know, if that's your situation, right? I think, you know, if you're uh, drafting Zach Tom in my situation, right? You're frankly just letting him and, and uh, Matt Filer, you know, kind of battle, battle it out and, and see where the best five is at. So, yeah. um, you know, if you're putting him next to Ode Abuji potentially coming back at, and you're sticking Tom at right tackle, I feel okay about that. Um, but I, I like Tom a lot and I don't have any doubt in my mind that he would be an immediate starter. Yeah, uh, and then now that we're sneaking it and coming back around, um, I'm going to do the thing that is a very stereotypical pick for me. There are a couple running backs on the board that I do go. like. Uh, there is Pierre Strong. There is Zamir White. There are there are guys that I like here, but there is also one Cincinnati running back, Jerome Ford. I'm going <laughs> to pencil it in. He is a home run hitter. I believe in this guy a lot. I know Tyler is the complete opposite on him. I don't care. I think this team's running back need is fairly big considering the guys that they have behind Austin Eckler. And I think the fifth round is a nice intermediary between, you know, obviously not picking him too early in the third round Mm -hmm. or not picking, you know, someone too late that you don't really believe in maybe later on in the draft or an undrafted free agent. So, uh, I will go with Jerome Ford here. I think he would add a lot behind Austin Eckler uh, and would immediately supplant someone like Larry Roundtree uh, or Joshua Kelly. So uh, I think that he would be a great fit in this running back room. Yeah, good call there. I Again, not complete opposite. He's seventh on my rankings, I think. But like, <laughs> you know. Um, but this is like, this is where I'm glad he's here. If he's here, you know, fourth, fifth round, I would totally get a fifth round. You know, couldn't ask for much better than that, honestly. Like, that is a great spot for really any running back, but Jerome Ford sounds great here. Yeah, like, I think Jerome Ford in the fifth round is is fine value. He is on the board for me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I will not be taking him. Um, I, I'm bummed out in my simulation because uh, Braxton Jones, the offensive tackle from Southern Utah, went right before me, uh, two picks in front of me to the New England Patriots at 158. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's somebody that I really, really liked after revisiting him again today and getting some some more game tape on my hands. And uh, fellow Utah, of course, grew up in uh, – he went to Murray High School. I went to Cottonwood High School, for those who are familiar with the area. Um, but I think he does check a lot of boxes for them. And I think physical profile, he's 6'5". He has 35-inch arms. Uh, he tested very, very well. I think he's in the 85th percentile. Uh, on the RAS website. So I'm a little bummed about that. I was hoping to go back-to-back offensive line picks in this situation mm-hmm. with uh, the two picks that I made firsthand. So the offensive tackle board is really not to my liking at this point. I mean, there's uh, 
Andrew Stuber, who I'm not a big fan of at all. There's Cordero <laughs> Bolson, who I'm not confident that he's a, a true tackle. So right. uh, I'm going to go with a different area here. I'm looking potentially at corner, maybe Damari Mathis, um, maybe a Kalen Barnes, who the Chargers have met with. I'm not crazy about Barnes' film, but the dude is a physical freak. I already took a safety, so I'm not, I'm not going back there. Um, wide receiver board, I'm not crazy about. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Damari Mathis, somebody who obviously has connections nice. to the Chargers, University of Pittsburgh cornerback. Um, and, again, I think just gives them a bit of a different profile out there on the outside. I know I already took Daxton Hill, who could potentially play corner right away. Uh, but I think this is – uh, kind of a best player available pick for me. Make sure mm -hmm. I spell his name right on the sheet. Um, yeah, okay. But yeah, I think this is uh, a good situation for him to come into and potentially be a backup right away and uh, fill a need, play some special teams. Apparently, the man had like a 42 inch vertical jump, which is just kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of his. And I know Thomas is as well. Uh, Ed asking about Joshua Williams. He went a few picks before me as well. He's somebody that I would consider as well. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm happy with Damari Mathis. Damari Mathis in the fifth round. And he, sorry, you said he was a Senior Bowl guy, right? I haven't watched him yet. But he was, yeah, somebody who really I think has that. He played exclusively like outside in college, but he went down to the Senior Bowl. He played inside. He played a little bit of safety, so he does have that flexibility. I think. And, you know, the thing with him, he's kind of similar to Derek Stingley, where his best film was probably in 2019. Uh, he got okay. hurt in 2020, missed that season. He was good in 2021, so it wasn't, you know, as big of a perceived drop-off. But in 2019, you know, he was getting, like, legitimate, uh, you know, best corner in the ACC kind of talk, mm -hmm. uh, despite the guys on Clemson. So, uh, Damari Mathis, I think it would be a, a good pick here. Um, I did type it in. I'm not sure if it's showing up there. Uh, no, it's not, but I will. Is it showing up on our stream? Uh, it looks like it's just really slowly loading. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to type it. So is it RRI or? Yeah, RRI. There you go. All right. I'm typing everybody's in. I don't know why I was, it hey man, I tried. I don't yeah. know if it was just being slow, but I did type it in on my screen. Yeah. Okay. All good. Alrighty. I am going to go. I am next. Okay. So I need at this point an edge rusher. I thought about Alex Wright earlier on, uh, but at this point I'm kind of stuck with only guys that I am aware of. And one of them is Amari Barno. I'm going to go with him. Uh, if I want to win a track meet, I would definitely go with him because <laughs> at least in terms of edge rushers, uh, you know, there is part of that that helps, you know, working across the field, triggering downhill, some sort of quarterback, QB spy sort of role. But to me, he fits the profile of what they want, 34-inch arms, obviously tested very well. I would have sort of preferred an Alex Wright to be more of a physical presence than a Chris Rumpf, who I think can be, although he is bulking up, maybe more of a speedy slice, you know, bender maybe sort of guy. Um, Wright is very limited, but he's not on the board. So I'm going to go with Amare Barno here. He's 151st on the their big board. So I'm getting at 160. I don't hate that. Uh, so going with Barno here, the Chargers have met with him. So I've got my edge. I it's probably like the last edge I'm even aware of until we get to some <laughs> really, really, I don't know who you are later on. But I like Barno. And here in the fifth round works for me. He does have a third round grade for me, but it's basically because he is 
a freak tester. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I think he went to the senior bowl, right? I want to say yes. Um, just out of curiosity, what other edge rushers were there, uh, for your simulation? Michael Clemens, Tyreek Smith, Christopher Allen, Jeffrey Gunter. And Jeffrey Gunter, I think could fit what they're looking for as well. Um, he, he, he tested like a freak himself. Uh, mm -hmm. and he's a little bit more of a physical presence than Amari Barno, in my opinion. So kind of give them some balance between Rumpf and, uh, and Gunter, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not upset about Amari Barno in the fifth round at by any means. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe I like Gunter more, maybe I like Allen more, maybe I like Clemens more. Haven't watched him, so I don't know. Who, uh, <laughs> couldn't tell you anything about them. All right, Tyler, you're back on the clock here in the sixth round. I am back on the clock. Okay, so um, <laughs> and Damari Mathis is still here. Josh Williams is somehow still wow. here. All right, um, but I have my corner. Not that I, you know, don't want more corners, but I have my corner. I'm not going with Dane Belton. That guy missed every tackle I possibly watched him try to make. <laughs> Is that the kid from Iowa? Um, yes, yes, that's him. Sorry, I forgot to hit play on my simulation. So no wonder they're still on the board because I didn't hit uh, continue. <laughs> so moving along now. Okay, now we're here in the sixth round officially. Um, let's see. Mathis is still on the board. Actually, this time. Uh, I'm not going Matariza, but just for a Riza watch, he is still there, in case anyone was wondering. Uh, this is a spot in the sixth round. If I didn't go wide receiver, I feel like even though he's low on the board, and I know you tweeted about him earlier, Stephen, Jaquari Roberson, I think is a guy that probably should go earlier than some sort of undrafted free agent or dart throw yeah. day, you know, round seven yeah, pick. Absolutely. Um, I think he's not amazing, but a legit day three pick in my opinion. Don't know enough about the safeties to go with one of them. Um, most of the interior defensive linemen sort of guys that I would have gone with are gone. I'm just talking my way through this so I can figure out who I want. <laughs> They're just like, now we're getting to the part of the draft where it's like, I don't know. Um, okay. Man, I wish I'd watched Abram Smith because he's here, which would be pretty late, I think, based on where he's projected to go. I don't think you would like Abram Smith personally. Really? <laughs> okay. Never mind then. He's a uh, like we talked about. I think we talked about him yesterday. He's, he's six feet tall. Really has like no bend, no twitchiness to him. He's just a C Sweet. hole hit hole, and he's like he's a good physical runner, right? Yeah. But there's just no creativity about him, if you will. Yeah. Okay. I'm still gonna pass on running back, even though like I I like guys later on. I swear I can find one later. I'm not forgetting about them. Uh, you did go Damari Mathis, so I can't go him. So I'm going to go with a player that they have met with who is just going to be your sort of developmental outside man guy, a guy who's got tons of speed. That's not only the thing that he has, but it's certainly the prominent feature for now. That's Kalon Barnes out of Baylor. Get a guy on the outside who can burn, maybe play some slot, I don't know. But he did shrine, shrine, shine at the Shrine Bowl, if I'm not there mistaken. Uh, so I'm going to go with him, Kalon Barnes. I don't have the highest grade on him, but we're here in the sixth round. So yeah. I, I'm cool with that. Develop him, let it work. Special teams for sure. Yeah, I think he was a, a state champ, uh, four by 100 relay man, I think in Texas, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So Baylor loves their track guys, and I think he absolutely fits there. Alex, any thoughts on uh, Barno or Barnes for Tyler's board? Uh, nice, nice name. Uh, getting both of those <laughs> on the team, I think those will help 
Uh, I, I do like Barnes quite a bit if you do want to go cornerback later or double up on cornerback like Tyler did uh, in his mock draft. And we think Staley, there's potential that he may just do that in this draft. So um, if we're drafting this as the Chargers are going to be doing it, then I think that drafting two cornerbacks, maybe one in those first three picks and then one in those second three picks is probably more likely than people think. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, all right, I'm back on the clock here in the sixth round, pick 195. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that Tyler mentioned, who is uh, Jaquari Robertson from Wake Forest. I think the Chargers do need uh, to address the receiver position, at least get some competition in there. Uh, so Robertson is somebody that I, I was late to the party. Obviously, I was watching him again today, uh, but he's got a good release package off the line. I think he's a, a good deep route runner, really fits that backside Z role that I kind of envisioned that. Jalen Guyton is playing right now. Josh Palmer can play. Uh, so he, I think he only ran a four five, but I think he does play faster than that. Somebody that really has some good contact balance, yards after catch ability, um, good size as well. I think he's uh, close to six one, if not six one. So he's somebody that I think, I don't really understand why he's getting like zero buzz about him. Uh, somebody yeah, who had back to back thousand yard seasons in the ACC and he's not, like he's not, um, I forget his name right now. The receiver from Wake Forest that we all hated two years ago. Um, his line, his brother was a linebacker for North Carolina. Anyone? I don't remember off the top of my head. It all, all kind right, of blends well, together. Anyways, the only, the only the only Wake Forest receiver I remember was like Sage Surratt. Surratt, yeah, there we go. That was it was one. Surratt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I'm gonna take Jaquari Robertson here. Somebody to come in and bring some competition in the room. Play backside Z. I think he's a good physical, fast player, so I really like him. Uh, Thomas pointed out that Barnes, Kalen Barnes, that is, uh, set the Texas high school record for the 100-meter dash, so very, very wow. fast. Yeah, it shows. Special teams all the way. <laughs> all right, Alex, go ahead. All right. Um, I will also be – you know, I'm going to give a little preview of the next two picks in general. I will be addressing trenches with both picks since I have the next two picks outright. Um, go. I'm going to go with Cade Mays. Uh, for interior offensive linemen, I think he does generally project more as a center going forward, but it is worth pointing out that he does have 34-inch arms. Uh, I don't think yeah. he has short arms that would necessarily prevent him from playing guard in the league. Um, you know, So he has played all five positions before, so this is kind of a Brandon Staley versatility pick here. Um, I think you can kind of, you know, depending on what they do with Ode Ibushi and uh, Brendan Hymas and all the other things that we talk about on the interior, he's a guy that can either just kind of sit and develop or maybe he sees action immediately. I think it would be more so you just sit him and let him develop in that offensive line room. Um, but I think he can, you know, he has some nice moments uh, on tape as well, shows some flashes. Uh, and I think if you get him to be a little bit more consistent uh, just as a blocker in general, then you can have like a, steal of a pick here compared to what his you know projected value could be um and i will also be addressing the trenches with my next pick uh like i said and i will make it a very tom telesco pick notre dame defensive tackle uh myron tungavailoa uh i will go uh with him here uh, he has a he has a second last name doesn't he uh, Myron yeah. tungavailoa amosa sorry there you go um but yeah so he is a notre dame defensive tackle course tom Telesco, right. as as jerry tillery exits myron tungavailoa enters uh so i think this is a very uh you know obviously uh, 
biblical pick here for Tom Telesco. He gets to, <laughs> you know, just he gets to replace uh, Jerry Tillery. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Tango Vailoa is kind of a, a sixth, seventh round guy in general, has shown some flashes um, on tape at Notre Dame that I think are impressive. But um, I don't think that he, I mean, he tested decently well at the combine enough. But I think with what they've signed in Austin Johnson, obviously with Sebastian Joseph Day as well, you know, Jerry Tillery is also going to be starting this year, as Tyler continually points out. Um, I think he's a guy that maybe you can just kind of stick back there as well and, uh, you know, let him develop as well in the same way that we talked, I just talked about with Cade Mays. So um, I think that he's kind of a very Telesco y pick in the vein of like a Alohi Gilman pick a few yeah. years ago. Uh, and you just kind of let him sit there and let him develop. Yeah, did I spell his name right? You did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Be good. Look at look at Alex making some smart offensive line picks. I like it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, Cade Mays is a good player, man. He played right tackle at Tennessee. He was a guard for Georgia. Um, So checks a lot of boxes for Brandon Staley, of course, who loves Georgia, has a connection to University of Tennessee. You know, through Derek Ansley. So I think he he probably is a guard center. He played both of those spots at the Senior Bowl. Again, another box checking for the Chargers. So um, mm-hmm. actually kind of gave me some Matt Filer vibes when I was watching him on tape. So yeah, uh, take that for what it's worth. So um, all right. Uh, as for uh, Myron, I like him. He, he's a fine like, you know, sixth or seventh defensive tackle. You know, we'll. I mean, the Chargers have so many of these day four, day three picks yeah. uh, that they can, you know, take somebody like him, high character guy. Yeah. Of course, I, I hate kind of saying that out the gate as for a player because it generally means like that they're not good. But I mean, he played like he showed some good flashes at the Shrine Bowl, and, and you know, somebody uh, I've seen some clips of him doing well there. So I think it's a fine pick. Yeah, I've not watched Mar- Myron Tagovailoa Mosa. Have watched Cade Mays. <laughs> Liked Cade Mays a lot, and the, I actually a video coming out tomorrow for some like later guys in the draft. Cade Mays was going to be one of them. I did mention him along with. Oh, gosh, who was it? I already forget who it was. Um, but I mentioned Cade Mays, and then I clipped out. I was trying to find plays for him on Twitter just to have some people to watch. And I came across all the Senior Bowl stuff. Uh, this dude got absolutely worked at the Senior yeah, Bowl. I didn't realize did. that that was the he case because I didn't watch it. And I really like him as he played right tackle, coming in rather yeah. right guard, hard to move in the run game. And then I watched the Senior Bowl stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, I actually clipped that entire segment out of my video because I didn't want to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he got bull rushed at the Senior Bowl quite a bit. And then, yeah, that's probably why he's not moving into like the fourth, fifth round and why he's probably going to stick around the sixth or seventh. But I still like the potentials there for sure. Oh, especially in the sixth round. I mean, he's oh, so yeah. immovable yeah, for sure. Like he's Well, uh, out in space in the running game as a tackle, I lo- like he was just moving like crazy or moving nice. people like crazy. There we go. Um, all right, so I'm back on the clock here in round six. Um, this is going to be another offensive line pick for me. I figured I would be able to get this player later, uh, and that is Gene DeLance, friend of the show. Went on, hey. came on the, and interviewed with uh, Matty Schmidt, of course. So um, I, I'm a big fan of the flexibility that he offers, and I think he's somebody that really improved while he was at the University of Florida. Um, you know, I was listening to uh, the athletic football show today, and they had – Dante uh, Scarnecchia on the show. And he's, mm. of course, arguably the best offensive line coach in the history of the league. And one of the things that he was saying that he always looks for in offensive line prospects, kind of above everything else, 
is the ability to uh, successively hit backside cutoff blocks and frontside reach blocks. And then he, he believes that you can kind of uh, take a player like that who has that range, has that athleticism, and kind of work with everything else. And so yeah. um, I think Gene DeLance is a work in progress as a pass blocker, kind of got uh, put on an island way too much in 2020, where he allowed a, a ton of pressures at the college level. Uh, again, I do feel like he did improve. So this is a, another similar pick in terms of like Zach Tom. I think you can get two players who just have position flex. They have really high-end athletic traits. Uh, Gene DeLance has like 36-inch arms. The dude is a, a freak, has tree trunks for arms. Um, and I think he's just a fine developmental prospect. Maybe he's a tackle. Maybe he's a guard. He thinks he can play center as well, as he said to Maddie. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the flexibility that he offers. And again, the the tackle board, <laughs> once you get past a certain point, is is just not great. Like, yeah. you know, there's uh, Ryan Van Demark from Connecticut on here, Vidarian Lowe. Uh, there's not even, like, YouTube of Connecticut games <laughs> past, like, the, the <laughs> and a couple of, at least in terms of the offense. Like, there's Travis Jones clips on YouTube, right? There's nothing for the Connecticut offense. I mm-hmm. searched and searched and couldn't find anything. So, uh then Denmark is much taller. He's probably a little bit more physical, at least according to other people. But I haven't watched him, so I'm going to go with Gene DeLance, who I have watched, and uh, just get more athleticism and uh, positional flexibility up front along the offensive line. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you know, I haven't watched a whole lot of him. I've only watched the Alabama game, but anyone who can hold up like he did against Alabama and you get him in the sixth round, that's something you definitely want to work with. Uh, right. Where would you have him playing if you had to pick? I think if I had to pick, I'd have him at guard. I think he and uh, if you compare him and Brendan Hymas on the RAS website, very similar profile, very similar scores. Um, Brendan Hymas didn't do any of the short agility shuttles, so drills, so his score is a little incomplete. Um, But, you know, very similar frames. I think Hymas has a little bit shorter arms, but, you know, I I think he probably is a guard, but I think he can kick out the tackle uh, if need be. Right on. Okay. Simulation is through. Okay. I am going to go with my running back here. We don't pick for another 20 something picks. I think this is going to be hard for the uh, no repeat picks now that we're at this point (laughs) in the draft. (laughs) No, we got this, man. I'm going to go with the player. So I'm not, I was tempted to go with your uh, recommendation, but I haven't watched him. So I won't do it. Keontae Ingram won't go for that. Um, I don't have any numbers on him anyway. So I'm going to go with Jashawn Corbin here from Florida State. Again, a guy who is was more in the gap scheme of Florida State. But to me, you're looking for a couple of things here. At me in particular, I'm looking for yards after contact and some work in the passing game. Of the, all the running backs we charted, he's first in yards after contact average on our board. Um, third in yards per attempt. He is fifth in breakaway rate, whereas someone like a Jerome Ford is 10th for what it's worth. And hey, being fourth in pass blocking efficiency is not bad. He's a guy who can run your wheel. He can run your Texas route. He can do all that sort of stuff for you. So again, good breakaway rate. Not the fastest guy. I think he's like a four or five sort of guy. But again, the breakaway rate speaks for itself. Number one in yards after contact. Fourth in pass blocking efficiency. Can run your Texas, run your wheel, run your screens, all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to go with Jashawn or Jashawn. I don't know how to say I it think specifically. It's Corbin here that pick in so i'm happy with that now we are in to pick 236 let's see who's available perfect i am going to go with 
everything comes up so fast here. I'm going to go with Chance Campbell oh, here. I was hoping I could take him. <laughs> yeah, so to me, Chance Campbell, I forget what his RAS score is, but it's very, very good. He's a guy that, you know, at this point, taking linebacker, I think he'll kind of be able to do what, you know, Troy Reader can sort of do. I don't even know if they go linebacker in the draft at all at this point, but to me, if I'm looking for a linebacker, I want a guy who's got the RAS score, got, got some some reason to develop him um so he's not that bad there he is first in pass rush win rate second in pass rush productivity on the season he had 42 pressures seven sacks to go with 52 run stops not i mean so why is he here so late in, in the draft then um more of an attacking role than a diagnosis read and react sort of role but at this point again you know, you're looking for special teams you're looking for development i'm lo- going for a lot of guys who are you know pretty good athletes high production by all means seems to be you know a good guy so i'm gonna go chance campbell here to really just add to lamble chance campbell (laughs) play linebacker to develop to be the attacker that is basically what brandon staley wants in his defense yeah there you go all right so uh back on the clock for me i'm a little worried about my defensive line depth I don't really have any good options, unfortunately. Like literally everybody, like even Thomas Booker is gone at this point. Um, so there's like Marquand McCall, Noah Ellis are on the board. Um, I, I feel like they're just, you know, copy paste what you think about them and what you think about. Um, damn it. I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Forrest Merrill. There we go. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not too positive that they would be able to be an upgrade over Forrest Merrill or Brayden Fajoko. So I honestly might not even draft a defensive lineman, just kind of where the board is at for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at running backs. I mean, Jay Sean Corbin's on the board. Alex's guy, Isaiah Pacheco's on the board. Keonta Ingram, who's kind of my copy paste pick in mock drafts <laughs> is gone. Um, I think Master Teague is still on here, but I'm not super confident in his evaluation. CJ Verdell is on the board. I know him pretty well, but you know he's coming off an injury. Let me look at some of these linebackers. All right, so I'm going to go with uh, Kyron Johnson from Kansas. Oh, nice, um, good one. Yeah, he to me like he's a, a little light. I think he's only 230 pounds. He played edge rusher for Kansas. Um, but just a, a physical freak that I think could play off the ball, can mm-hmm. rush a passer from time to time. He's that undersized linebacker that uh, bull rushed Trevor Penny at the Senior Bowl. So that's kind of a theme of mine. If you can kick Trevor Penny's ass, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of yours. Um, <laughs> so I do think he has some position flex. Um, you know, Nephi Sewell, my guy from Utah, is on the board, but I think Kyron Johnson simply is just a much better athlete. So I think he'll be able to play on special teams again, maybe be a situational pass rusher off the ball. Uh, you know, we'll just kind of figure his position out as we, uh, as we go. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I, I just dove into him a little bit today and yeah, surprised to see that he looked undersized, but I don't think he played anything like it. Yeah, no, I, I think Kyron Johnson's a great pick too. Uh, I will go with two controversial selections here uh, oh, in no. my snake. Oh, okay. you're going to take a punter, huh? Mm, not a punter. I will go with Brown quarterback EJ Perry here as a Swiss Army Knife kind of quarterback. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily going to use him 
in a Taysom Hill role, like has been publicized kind of in like the, the draft sphere uh, for him. <laughs> Thank you for writing Taysom Hill there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think he does have high athletic traits as, as he's shown kind of in his testing. Um, and if you can, you know, one of the things Jason used to say when he was on the show is you, if you can develop a quarterback, you know, or take one every year, then you can develop them and ship them off to another team, get some kind of asset for them. And that's sort of how I view this pick. Easton Stick is coming out the door next year, and Chargers never really boosted his value. His value is kind of what it is. So if you can get someone else in like a quarterback factory uh, way, like the, the Eagles like to say, uh, I do uh, like EJ Perry sort of in that role here. Uh, and you can see kind of what he turns into. Chase Daniels also playing year to year. So maybe the Chargers just kind of address uh, backup quarterback by taking uh, one of these seventh round guys. And he's the one I think with the most upside. I will also take the brother of the guy that punched Justin Herbert. <laughs> um, and I will take Connor Hayward, fullback tight end from Michigan State. There brother, of course, uh, Steelers, Cam Hayward. Uh, I, I think he's an, you know, he had a good senior bowl, interesting fullback tight end prospect. If you're sort of looking for a Steven Anderson kind of replacement, um, didn't necessarily want to go offense all with these like bottom picks here. I did kind of want to address defense a little bit, but I thought right. the value was a little too good pass up compared to what else was on my board. Um, you know, I could, could have gone Isaiah Pacheco, but I already took a running back, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, so for me, I will go with Connor Hayward here. I think he showed a lot of, you know, promises a blocker. The way he runs uh, on routes is really interesting. And just combining that with his blocking makes for a really just interesting kind of like hybrid player that the Chargers have kind of been looking for in their tight ends, uh, both both before Staley and both, especially after him. Uh, I think mm. he could be a very interesting Steven Anderson kind of replacement. I guess they did kind of draft Trey McKinney to be that. But never hurts to add more depth, especially later in the draft year. Yeah, and I don't think you like. I think people are assuming that Trey McKitty is the replacement, I and mean, he could be, but we don't actually know that. So I think adding right. another tight end is a good call. Yep. Yeah. So I'm uh I'm back here. I'm I'm struggling with where I want to go here, and like this again. This is usually like a Keontae Ingram copy and paste selection for me. He's off the board. <laughs> I do need a running back. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is on the board. CJ Verdell still here. Um, Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma. Not super familiar with him. Um, Daniel Popper took Snoop Connor from Ole Miss in his. Um, so, all right. I'm going to go with a bit of a wild card pick here. I'm going to go with Ronnie Rivers, the running back from Fresno State. Um, wow, not a okay. super high-end athlete, but I like his vision. I like his contact balance. Again, my kind of uh, running back who I think has that elusiveness. I think his RAS score is pretty low, so sorry, Alex. But uh, <laughs> I, just need, I just need a runner that I trust can actually see people and make them miss, and I don't think the Chargers have that right now. So I like yeah. Ronnie Rivers' uh, seventh round. And uh, apparently Kenny Brooks has off-field issues. So there we go. Yeah. Who has off-field issues? Uh, Kennedy Brooks, the running back from okay. Oklahoma. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Ronnie Rivers. All righty. Um, okay. I got some guys like later on I could probably invest in. So I'll figure those guys out later. Not take another running back. Although I feel like they – I don't want to take many running backs yet. I feel like they need five. But I will I will pass on taking 
that many at this point. I mean, uh, with four seventh round picks, man, just add competition. True, true, absolutely. Uh, okay, <laughs> I almost wanted to take that James Madison quarterback just to have another quarterback on this board. But, um, <laughs> I, I won't do that. I'm they met with, with him though, right? They did, and the report that they loved him is overblown. I'll say that much. Um, All right. Well, because he told me that, so it's not. It's <laughs> overblown. He's like, he's like, no, that's pretty over exaggerated. Uh, like they're not in love with him, but they did have good meetings with him. Uh, I'm gonna go with Illinois tackle Vidarian Low here. Again, yeah. we're, we're in the seventh round. I want to say Sam Tevy was a sixth rounder. Yes. Yeah. So you know what? We're getting Sam Tevy one round later. So I'm gonna go. With he's Vidarian back. Low. He's back, baby. Um, and you know, <laughs> hey, I think he might have helped them get a. No, he didn't, he didn't get a comp pick for him. No, they um, did. He's one of these picks. Oh, look at that. See, everything <laughs> works out in the end. So, Vidarian Low, maybe this is the pick. Uh, I'm going to go with him. They have met with him. I do like him in the run game. He's quick off the line, but otherwise could use some work in pass protection. Obviously, he's in the seventh round. But um, at this point, I'm looking for another tackle. I do need another tackle here, just in the off chance that, you know, beat out Storm. Got to beat out Storm Norton. Uh, eventually, could be your swing. So, yeah, going with that. I'm going to go with a player next that I have not watched. So it's cheating. Um, Stevens, I think, passively watched him. That's James Empey, the interior offensive lineman from BYU. Um, I know it seems kind of like, oh my God, I'm taking another guard. But I needed, I look, I need someone better uh, in my interior here to kind of help fill things out. I don't feel really good about taking, I don't know, Lucas Kroll, you know, I already, like a punter, James Madison quarterbacks. Uh, so I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with James Empey here for the sole purpose that A, you can work in your zone for you, and B, Duke Manyweather says he is one of the smartest film breakdown guys he's ever been around. So that kind of smart stuff. I'm picking brains here. Go. I don't even, he might suck on the field, but I'm going with brains here. I'm going to go with James Empey, the interior offensive lineman from BYU. I mean, if there's one thing that BYU does good, it's develop a smart offensive linemen. So. You know, there's my one compliment to BYU for the year. <laughs> Is he good? I don't know. But... <laughs> I, uh, like, I, again, I, I don't, don't know. I'm not watching BYU film. So uh watched him probably a little bit last year, but, you know, it is what it is. All right. So I'm going to take a potential blocking tight end with my pick here. I'm not taking Connor Hayward, obviously, because Alex took him. Um, so I'm going to take Chase Allen from Iowa State. Okay. Um, Charlie Kohler can't block and won't block. And so that's what Chase <laughs> Allen did at the, the University of Iowa State. Yeah. Um, really good blocker. I think he, he does a lot of H-back hybrid stuff for them as well. Um, and I think he does have a little bit more upside than just being a blocker. So um, there is some versatility there that I like. Um, I mean, you need to replace Steven Anderson like you guys were just talking about. And so uh, Chase Allen from Iowa State is my pick here. Yeah. Alrighty, Chase Allen. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Just going into uh, what's kind of left on my board here. Um, it's not a lot, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I do think the Chargers probably will address safety uh, at some point in this draft. I have been going offense the last two picks, uh, mm-hmm. so I'll actually go with Virginia's Joey Blunt. Uh, here I did kind of talk about him in you know my top 10 top 15 safety range guys uh, on the back end of that I think he kind of fits what the Chargers want to do uh, and so for me you know this is sort of a you know just you're kind of dark growing at this point anyway but 
out of the you know seventh round guys, I, I think that he would make a lot of sense. Um, I was gonna then go Vidarian Low with the next pick, but now he's off the board. Uh, <laughs> so there's not really uh, a super easy pick to make here. Um, all right, I'm gonna do a little bit of a guilty pleasure thing here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two running backs in the draft. I'm going to go. Isaiah Pacheco as the 260th <laughs> overall pick. I took Jerome Ford earlier. I'm taking my guys, and I will take Isaiah Pacheco here. Um, there wasn't a lot of value here just for cornerbacks and safeties. As, you know, if you just want guys to play special teams, um, that's fine. But I think the Chargers kind of have enough of those, and they have. I just did take Joey Blunt to sort of like ease the Alohi Gilman and uh, Mark Webb injuries that the team had last year. So going to allow myself to cheat a little bit uh, and take Isaiah Pacheco and hopefully Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly are just shot into space. <laughs> That's one way to do it. I, I know NFL mock draft database does have his first name spelled like that. That is correct, right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. What a weird way to spell Isaiah. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up here uh, with my board. I'm going to take a punter. I'm not taking Matt Arrival. <laughs> he's, he's off the board, but I'm going to take right. Jordan Stout from Penn wow. State. Here we go. Uh, for my money, I think he is the best punter in this class. I think the numbers back it up. So, um, you know, people talk about Matt Ariza, who just kind of wants to uh, kick the ball as far as he can and kind of see where it lands. But Jordan Stout is an actually good, legitimate punter. I'm not convinced that J.K. Scott is the long-term answer. I know Thomas Martinez approves. Me and him have kind of talked about Stout. Uh, Ryan Stonehouse from Colorado State also on the board for me here. So uh, I was probably going to plan on taking a punter anyway. Um, Again, not crazy about the defensive line board for me again at this spot. Uh, But I'll take a punter here. You know, long-term punter and lock it up. And, uh, you know, bring some competition in for J.K. Scott. Right on. I uh, believe you. I've, I've heard him and Ariza, so that's a name I recognize. <laughs> no other punters him. exist. Just I yes, think Ryan Stonehouse good. went uh, to like modern day too. So oh. you know, Tom Telesco mm-hmm. likes those local kids. So I think Stonehouse could potentially be a fit as well. Stonehouse also has better statistics than Matt Ariza on Pro Football Focus. So just throwing that out there. So Ariza is just the name we all remember from some highlights, and then he's just he's- like he's. I think he's a good punter. I really do. But he is obsessed with just kicking the ball as far as possible. And then what happens is that he outkicks his coverage or it's just a lot of touchbacks. So he he needs some uh, technique refinement. That's my punter talk. I think Jordan Stout is an actually refined punter. <laughs> That's my and, whole uh, So I, I like Stout a lot. Right on. A lot for a punter. It's relative, of course. You know what I mean? Yes. For your last pick <laughs> in the draft out of 10. Yes, you yeah. like him a lot. <laughs> um okay, okay sounds good i'll close this thing out i'm gonna go with the project uh the chargers have are totally fine with going projects at tight end so i'm gonna go with armani rogers there you go the that- quarterback <laughs> slash tight end uh because apparently there's no film of him ever playing tight end this guy is a quarterback yeah he went to the shrine bowl converted to quarterback or to tight end and yeah. was dusting everybody so apparently he's there's some sort of crazy physical specimen out there who was a quarterback who's now playing tight end couldn't tell you whether he's good or not at that position but apparently he was like one of the guys standing out at the shrine bowl for sure so there's my project not that donald parham was as much of a project 
but they definitely took a random chance on him and that worked out. I think someone like Rogers here is yeah. a thing. Yeah. yeah, Rogers was I I think he's like third on the RAS website for the tight ends this year. So, you know, dart throws are always fun in the seventh round. Hey man, gotta do what you gotta do. Look at all this punter talk in the chat. All of a sudden just, <laughs> just lit up. So Thomas comparing him, uh Thomas Martinez is comparing Ariza to a pitcher that throws a hundred plus but has zero control. So uh what's that uh reliever pitcher who used to play for the Yankees? Rawless Chapman, I think. Chapman, yeah. Look at that. We got some baseball talk on here for a second, too. Uh, I, I hope everyone enjoyed the Dodgers and, and uh, Padres series, wherever your team lies. I uh, hope your team won. I hate baseball. Oh, my God. Baseball's go. being played right now? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Not in Oakland, though, apparently. That's the that's the one thing I haven't paid attention to. <laughs> um, all right, Alex, we'll start with you, man. Let's uh, run through your draft here and kind of how you feel about it, how it went for you. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I feel like I kind of got lucky a little bit with the first four picks, just the value that I got for each of them. You know, obviously, in some situations, someone like Max Mitchell is not going to be available in the fourth round. Uh, and then, you know, maybe Jerome Ford isn't available there. So, you know, I, I think I like how that broke out. And then I like the way that I kind of stack the depth. Uh, in terms of what I didn't address, uh, I didn't really address edge. I mean, that's kind of the one glaring weakness I look at, but there's probably one position we all didn't address just based on how the draft shook out. Uh, that's something I would have liked to have done. Um, but no, I, I think in, in theory, I came into it thinking, okay, you draft your Olave first and then, or your Jameson Williams, and then you kind of attack defense later in the draft, but just how it naturally played out. Uh, I took defense when I thought it was right, but I also took some offensive options when I thought it was right. So I, I didn't come into it necessarily thinking it had to be defense at first, I guess. Um, so, no, I, I, I like how the process played out. Uh, and I I like that I didn't get, uh, you know, my battleship sunk by anybody or <laughs> players that I was about to pick, you know, much like uh, Stephen got Bo Melton stripped away from him uh, in, in round four. So I, I'm happy that didn't happen to me. Yeah, you know, I, I'm cool with that. I mean, Alex uh, Tyler made a great pick there. And it's not like, you know, I, I'm very happy with Zach Tom. I think Zach Tom right. uh, would be a bargain pick in the fourth round. And so I, I think for me, I, I wasn't crazy about how the board penned out for the defensive line in particular. You know, every time I went to look there, you know, in like the fifth round, uh, Oyema Uzurike went right before Damari Mathis. Yeah. And then in the sixth round, you know, Eric Johnson, who they've met with from Missouri State, uh, went right before me. So defensive line, definitely a concern for me in this regard. But, I mean, it's not like the cupboard is completely bare, and we all think that the three starters are, are kind of set. Then you have Brain Fajoko, Joe Gaziano. So maybe you bring in a veteran after that. But I feel good, man. I like Daxon Hill a lot. I think he can kind of be that chess piece on defense and um, really open up things for Derwin James and Nasir Adderley. D'Angelo Malone, I know he's kind of a dark horse. Like there were some people in the chat, mm -hmm. like who the hell is D'Angelo Malone? It's like, <laughs> you know, like the edge rusher run is is real, man. This is a deep yeah. edge rusher class, and they are going to go very, very early. So um, that's probably the reach for me of the, of my group here. Um, but I believe in his traits. I believe in his film. I believe in his senior bowl process being borderline dominant down there. So uh, I, I like him a lot. So I'm, I'm pleased with mine. Not pleased about running back or anti-defensive line, but uh, overall I'm happy with this group. Yeah, right on. 
Um, yeah, I, I need to watch more Malone for sure. Uh, I definitely need to watch MB now that I've picked him. So I guess I'm stuck with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to me, I'm it was just BYU film, man. Yeah, I really can't wait. <laughs> um, yeah, to me, it was all about finding players that were involved with the Chargers in, in some way. Some of it's like Martin Emerson, I don't think was on Johnson, I don't think were, but like Bill Melton Senior Ball, Barney Barno meeting, Kalen Barnes meeting, you know, that sort of thing. So, right. you know, or just trying to find some sort of traits that worked for them. I would have loved to take an edge rusher in the third round at this point. Like the idea of having Chris Rump being edge three, four, whatever, like it's, I'm not a huge fan of, I would like yeah. to get someone better than Barno, but uh, you know, Barno in the fifth round, I think works for me. And then just overall, just traits, you know, Zion Johnson, high traits, RAS score sort of guy, good player. Martin Emerson, six, two outside boundary corner, Bo Mountain, four, three, four, Barno, high RAS, Barnes, high RAS, Corbin after contact, Campbell, RAS production, you know, so, looking for guys that are both productive or have a ton of traits to work with. Um, again, would have liked edge earlier, but did the best we could with the board. And some of these guys just like Sam Williams is there every single time, but the off field, the field stuff just makes it so hard because you can't take them. Yeah. I was watching uh, some of the Braxton Jones senior bowl stuff today again, and Sam Williams step kept on standing out, man, but the yep. off field issues are, are, I think take him off the Chargers board for sure. Um, yeah, interesting question to kind of wrap it up here. Teresa Gonpapas, how many day one starters mm -hmm. uh, did each of us draft? So Alex, we'll start with you first. How many of your guys do you think uh, are starters or, or at least we'll expand it to, uh, you know, like 50, like 20 snap contributor kind of players for you? Uh, probably two. And Chris Olave and Kobe Bryant. Um, well, Ford would be, Ford would be a very instant contributor yeah well yeah. I, about 20 I, snaps I, but he would be a contributor yeah, that counts I, yeah I, I think so three yeah i think three realistically it depends on how exactly they want to split the roundtree kelly ford backfield in this scenario um and how much they believe in those two guys that they've taken in the previous drafts um yeah. but yeah no i i would say three i guess uh, considering olave brian and ford yeah so i think for me i mean obviously daxon hill would be that third mm -hmm. safety, I think you'd play a ton. I think Brandon Staley considers that third safety a starter, so obviously him. D'Angelo Mone would be the third edge rusher, so again, instant contributor. Zach Tom would be a clear-cut starter for me. Um, and then the rest, I think, would be depth guys. Maybe Mathis is that CB4, potentially starter in a pinch. But, um, yeah, everybody else from there on out. Uh, Ronnie Rivers would obviously be my RB2 in this situation, so I guess you could count him. And then mm -hmm. Jordan Stout. I think could beat out uh, J.K. Scott. So um, at least three for me, potentially four or five, depending if uh, Stout can beat out J.K. Scott or not. Yeah, definitely. It depends on what they feel about corner. Like, is Emerson going to beat out a guy making $10 million this year? I don't think so. But I do think he is going to be there, like maybe next year's starter. So Johnson this year for sure, obviously. I think Bo Melton should fit into that category. It depends, I guess, on what the rotation ends up being if we're assuming he's baiting out Jalen Guyton and it's kind of a Guyton Palmer sort of mix I think that counts Barno really if you took an edge rusher he's going to see the field because they just don't have yeah. any yeah. I think Barno is someone that's going to be that um, in a real world I would love Corbin to be like RB3 uh, change of pace sort of guy I mean, I'd like for him to be RB2 I just don't think the Chargers will do that so to me it's really just Johnson Melton Barno um, I doubt Emerson beats out Davis um, special teams, RB three, special teams, 
developmental. Uh, developmental, definitely a developmental sort of guy. So three, I guess for sure ish. And then depends on if Emerson wins something. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Three, if, I uh, guess. If, if EJ Perry and Armani Rogers play more than 20 snaps, we have severe problems. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, I think this is a really cool exercise. I'm glad that we did it like this because I mean, this, this is 30 names that not a lot of people are, are kind of talking about. So, um i think this was a, a very productive final mock draft for us so uh if you're watching this please uh let us know what you guys think i, I see alex getting some love in, in the in the mock draft comments so uh let us know if you are listening to this please leave us a review or a rating tweet us whatever you guys want to know and let us uh know your opinion on what we took so that's going to do it for us today thank you so much for tuning in we'll see you next time for our final uh, pre-draft episode, uh, and then we'll have you guys covered all weekend long once the Chargers are making their picks. So, again, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.